was in a Facebook group recently for people who have fibromyalgia and somebody posted something that caught my eye and they asked, how do you balance being superwoman with being curled up in pain and wanting to die? And I think we can all relate to this where you have these moments where you get a little bit of energy and you start doing something productive and that feels really good. So then you start to ignore any body symptoms or tired signals or pain signals that are coming up because you want to keep going. It's very hard to see when you should stop when there is this kind of high from being productive. But because we then go so hard, it leads us to this kind of crash and you're in pain for hours, days, weeks. And that can be really debilitating. I mean, it can it can make you not even want to get up even after you do start to feel the pain lessen a little bit. And so I knew I wanted to do an episode on this. And by the way, I'll have a free PDF or worksheet in the show notes linked below so that you can continue working on this even after we are done with this episode. I've talked about this concept in the podcast before, but I knew I wanted to do an episode just geared on this concept of superwoman. And in researching how I wanted to approach this episode, I wanted to learn a little bit more about superwoman. I'm not knowledgeable on actual comic book heroes, um, anything like that. And so I figured why not use ChatGTP to help me learn a little bit about the archetype and the lessons and the pitfalls of Superwoman. And so I started off with just asking ChatGTV, how do you be Superwoman when you live with chronic pain without flaring up? And I love the response that ChatGTP gave me. It's, I understand you're looking for ways to feel empowered and productive while managing chronic pain. However, the concept of being Superwoman can be harmful and unrealistic, especially when you're dealing with a challenging condition like chronic pain. Instead, let's focus on creating a fulfilling life that honors your needs and limitations. I mean, how perfect. Like, I, I really couldn't have said it better myself. Um, and so some of the things that we're going to talk about in this episode is how do we define what superwoman looks like to you? If you think about it like this, there are many superheroes, right, in, in the vast literature of comic book heroes. I won't pretend to know anything about them, but I do know there's a variety of them and they all have different strengths and also different weaknesses. So when you say superhero, you know, superwoman, superman, like when you're talking about being a superhero, I think we only think about their extraordinary abilities. Um, and so my question to you would be what happens to them? When they've given too much or gone too far or gone too hard, what things in their life tend to be neglected or just overlooked um, that lead them to, to maybe not being so happy? Um, or what are the things that lead them to having um, some kind of like conflict within themselves? There's always a conflict in any good story, right? So while I don't know the details of all the comic book heroes, I do know that there's going to be some kind of internal conflict that happens in probably all of their stories. Now, there are several different superwomen characters in the literature, um, from different movies to comic books, according to ChatGTP. Um, and we're going to be looking at the Kristen Wells version from the 1981 novel Superman Miracle Monday. And so she inherited her powers from 
a kryptonite artifact. And she's always like a bit of a lesser known character. And we could definitely talk about gender roles and stereotypes and why that may be the case, especially 1981. But I asked ChatGTB, what are some of her pitfalls? And it was really interesting what answers I got. Chat GTP says she has limited control and unpredictable powers, right? So like teleportation, precognition, they're not always precise and under her control, which it says can lead to unintended consequences and dangerous situations. And I think that this same thing happens to us when we start to get this burst of energy. It feels, again, it feels so good, but it comes with limited control and unpredictability. We don't know how long it's going to last. We don't know how it's going to affect us. We don't know if we're going to crash or not crash or how hard we're going to crash at the end of it. We don't know what benefit we're going to get from it. And we don't know like how much we're going to be able to achieve while we're using it. And so this can make our brains just feel really erratic and make us lose focus when actually that energy can be something that you can harness and use really intentionally and really get something of substance done whether it's a specific project in your house you've been trying to work on for a while or writing, um, you know, a certain thing for a book you want to write or just writing in your journal and getting very clear on on something that you you haven't had the energy to do before. But if you don't know what it is you want to do when the energy comes up or you because you want to do everything and you have such limited energy, and if you don't take the time to say, I-, I can only focus on one or two of these things the next time I have an energy spike, then you're going to try to do it all at once. And again, limited control and unpredictability. And that's that's going to show up over and over again. Another thing ChatGTP said that Superwoman struggles with are ethical dilemmas and precognition, meaning knowing the future can be a burden. Imagine seeing negative events that you can't prevent or facing the temptation to manipulate situations based on your vision. We deal with this too. We fortune tell all the time. If I do this, this is going to happen. If I don't do this, that's going to happen. You know, and we just, we, and this is something that we talk a lot about in therapy. You know, it's about this concept of mind reading or telling the future. And when you think you know what's going to happen, you react to that thing. And the thing is, you might even be accurate in what you're, you're predicting. But when you're reacting to something so far in the future or a p- potential thing that might happen and you're trying to prevent it at all costs, that leads you to a place of um, bracing yourself physically and emotionally. And it can make you make decisions that you might not have made otherwise if you were more in a state of flow or trying to kind of just allow life to happen rather than trying to fix it or control it or like make it go a certain way that you want it to right so ChatGTP talks about like it says the the temptation to manipulate situations based on your visions we also do that we want to manipulate the situation meaning manipulate is a really has a really negative connotation but Really, in this context, it just means um, to mold or to change, like take the negative out of it and just look at the objective meaning of the word. And it just means to change in a way that is to your liking. But when we do that and we get so focused and so honed in on like, I need it to be this way, I need it to be that way, 
I need this to go right. I, you can see it's a lot of I and how that comes across to our family members. And I am very guilty of this as well. So that's why I can talk about it so openly. I know what this is like to be in this space. You, when you, when you're in that headspace, all you can think about is you. And sometimes you can even trick yourself into thinking that you need something to be a certain way so that you can help other people or you can be of service to other people or you can do this thing better for other people, which kind of gives you this like selfless. It kind of makes you think you're being selfless, but the way that you're coming across to other people is actually selfish. So it puts you at odds with the very people that you actually are hoping to be of service to or be helpful to. And this can cause a really dangerous cycle where you never feel good enough. You always feel like you're getting it wrong. And it makes you feel more out of control and things are more unpredictable rather than than that starting point where you were thinking this plus this will equal this. I know how to fix this. I know how to fix that. If I can just do this, this will happen. Again, when we get into that, that rushed and very rigid way of, of thinking, it causes a lot of times the exact opposite of what our intention is. And that can be really confusing to your brain. This is called um, cognitive dissonance, where if there are two opposing thoughts in your brain, like, I want to do this thing that will give me this outcome. And then if that doesn't happen, your brain gets really confused. Cognitive dissonance occurs and your brain is going to try to find a way to make those two opposite things mean the same thing. So that's where some of our defense mechanisms come in or or our core beliefs come in where it feels like. So that's where some of our core beliefs come in of like feeling like I'm not good enough or I never get it right or some of these stories that we have in our heads about ourselves, that is just your brain's way of trying to make these two opposite things mean the same thing. So if I tried to make something happen and I really truly 100% believe that like if I get up and I clean the house and I use all my energy to do this and that's what's going to happen and I kind of predict the future in that way and by doing that my husband's going to come home and be really happy with me. Let's say I do that. I clean the whole house. I get it all done. I'm really, really tired now. Husband comes home and for whatever reason, either he had a bad day or maybe he's mad at me from something from another day, doesn't even notice the house or worse says like, I don't care because I'm dealing with this other thing, right? Now our brain has to make sense of the story we told ourselves, which was clean house means you're good enough. You're going to get appreciation. That didn't happen. So our brain says, see, you're not good enough. You didn't do a good enough job. Or, you know, or you make up a story about the other person. Some of us are more internal and we, we start to blame ourselves. And some of us are more external and we blame the world around us. And it's not even about blame. It's just that you have your individual thoughts and, and energies and, and brain power and, and all of that happening and so does the other person in your life and when those things are opposing again we try to make sense of it but sometimes our brain just gets really stuck and so when it comes to this superwoman complex get it all done I encourage you the first question I would ask every single time you go to start cleaning or 
being really productive at work or, you know, something that's going to use up all of your energy, one, you got to be aware that that's what's going to happen. You have to know. I'm about to use this energy on this task and I cannot expect to feel this good at the end of that task. Two, I would ask yourself, what is it that you want accomplished by you doing this? It's not just the clean house. I mean, granted, yes, like we do need to live in cleanliness and sometimes that is just the end goal. But what other strings are coming attached with that? Again, are you trying to, are you looking for appreciation? Are you looking for a, a feeling of, of being good enough? Are you looking for somebody else to, you know, you clean the kitchen and now you expect them to like clean the bathroom or something? That's just an example. And so you can see how easy it is to get stuck in some of these traps. So again, first, you're going to start by reminding yourself that your energy now in this moment, when you feel really good and you want to push through and, and do all these things, be honest with yourself about how you're going to feel in an hour or five hours or a day from now. You're probably going to feel bad. And then ask yourself what it is you're trying to accomplish. Because if you are just trying to accomplish something like getting appreciation, there are actually other ways to do it than by cleaning the whole house or doing the thing that's going to reduce your energy down to zero. Because here's what's going to happen. When your energy goes down to zero, your defense, your defenses um, rise. So you might be able to handle things less, um, less well. You your your anger is going to rise up your frustration is going to rise up um your depression is going to rise up like whatever it is that your typical go-to defense mechanism is to kind of keep yourself safe again depression overachieving anxiety these things are all protective in a way that's another episode for another time um but when your energy goes down to zero and your defenses rise up you're going to behave and act in ways that, again, push people away or are actually getting you the opposite of whatever it is that you want to get and receive in life. So this is hard. This is a hard thing to navigate because in order to not let these things happen, it also requires a lot of support. And so what supports you Um can look different for each individual. For some people, that's social, emotional support. For some people, that's logistical support. Um, for some people, that is, you know, um, physical support. Like, it, whatever it is that drains you the most is what you need the most support in. And then learning how to ask for support is a whole other art in and of itself. And so don't be frustrated if you can't figure this out quickly. So remember, when you deplete yourself, you're going to behave in ways that make you not even like yourself. So it's going to make other people around you probably not like you very much either, not not love you. You're you're going to be loved, but you you might not be liked. Sometimes that is that is the case in relationships with friendships, with romantic partnerships. Um that happens, you know. Sometimes my husband and I will remind each other like, "Hey, I like you." Right? Rather than a I love you as we're leaving the house, you know, it's like a, a reminder that I do still like you. Um, so yeah, we don't want to deplete our energy down to zero. And sometimes that means, yes, the house is not going to get to be as clean as you want it to be. Or the project that you're working on is not going to get to completion the way that you want it to. 
And that in and of itself brings along along feelings of grief, resentment, anger, guilt. And so it's almost easier sometimes to allow ourselves to go hard and bring our energy down to zero because it actually gives us more control over that. It's like, oh, well, I'm choosing to do this or like I'm doing this to myself. So therefore, these feelings and emotions, like when I feel bad about myself at the end of the day, it makes sense. That goes back to the cognitive dissonance where your brain is trying to make sense of two opposing things at all times. It wants a singular story and it's going to do whatever it can to give you that singular story. So a part of this is really allowing ourselves to have two opposing thoughts of the house isn't clean or the thing that I wanted to get done isn't done. And at the same time, I'm allowed to be angry about that and also don't have to hate myself because of it, right? Like, Maybe that's just the way it is. We don't live in villages anymore where there is somebody cooking and somebody cleaning and somebody watching the kids while somebody else is going out and hunting or making the money to bring back to the family. Like we don't live in those environments anymore. And this expectation that we're supposed to be able to do it all, all at once is absolutely absurd. So we have to continuously remind ourselves that the ball is going to drop somewhere. And that when the ball is dropping, it's not this negative thing of like the ball dropped and I, you know, now everything is falling apart. It's more like that wasn't as important as something else that's happening right now. And that's why the ball dropped there. So then you remind yourself of how important the other thing is that happened. And yeah, that might mean you slept for three days. That might be what happened. And that's okay. It's not okay in the sense that there was no negative consequences, right? There might have been some serious ramifications to sleeping for three days, but your body wasn't letting you do anything else. And when we come to acceptance around that, like, okay, this is what happened. It's okay. Now I get up and put one foot in front of the other and I start to move towards the next most important thing. If the dishes were neglected for three days, maybe I start there, but maybe there's still something else that's more important. Maybe there's emails that you have to catch up on and the dishes have to still wait after your three-day hiatus. We don't really get to choose and control some of these things. It might feel like we do. You know, I get to choose how I spend each hour of my day, but I don't. I don't I don't get to tell my body, you're going to be alert at three o'clock on Monday. Right now, what I can do is make myself push through at three o'clock on Monday to do something. But again, there's going to be a consequence for it later. And so later on, when I'm reflecting about how I spent my day or my week, I might say, I had this consequence occur. Why did it occur? Oh, I pushed through at three o'clock on Monday when really I needed to, what I really needed was to rest, but I didn't have that option. You know, I, I had a work meeting or I had there was something that was absolutely imperative. It had to get done at three o'clock on Monday. And so I wasn't able to like listen to my body and go rest. Then there was a consequence for that. Maybe the consequence was I'm extra irritated with my family or something else. Again, like another task didn't get done. And now there's all these ramifications. Can I just accept that that happened? Like that that's a part of life that Things don't go perfectly well. That when you make choices that are good for you, even, there still might be negative consequences that come with that and are attached to the very positive choice that you made. And again, this is confusing for our brain because in our society, we've been taught 
if you make a good decision, good things will happen. And honestly, that's just not always true. It's just not. So we want to live a little bit in the gray and allow for some of these things to be true, even though we don't want them to be true. Um, And we want to really work through a lot of that cognitive dissonance. And this is how, again, we do get to become superwoman because when you start to do this over and over and over and over again, it will lead you to your strengths. It will help you learn what you're really good at. And you can do more and more of that so that when you get to the end of your life, not people are not saying, you know, she never said no to anybody for anything ever, which also probably would come with a lot of anger and resentment and isolation and coldness. But they might say something like, you know, she was she was always happy, right? And your happiness would have come from all of the things you said no to and all of the things that you said yes to because that gave you a lightness inside of you and it played to your strengths. When you say no to the things that you are not good at and you lean into the things you're really good at, you are a happier person. You are more light. You are more able to handle the frustrations that come into your life. Um, And it also gives you the strength to do some of those things when you have to that you're not as good at. And again, like cleaning is just an easy example. So, you know, if you're not good at like doing the dishes, you know, you aren't good at loading the dishwasher. You you can't Tetris it right um, and make it efficient, you know, or you are much better at doing the dishes, but you hate doing laundry. Can you just do one of those things really, really well? And the other thing, not so well, or even delegate it if you can. Always delegate when you can. But if you can't delegate and you have to do it yourself. For example, in my house, I fold almost nothing. My, you know, even my my kids' clothes, like they go into baskets, the shirts go in a basket, the pants go in a basket, underwear in another basket, socks in another basket, and things are not folded. Most of our clothes these days have some like are, are wrinkle proof. Um, and I really don't care if my two year old goes to daycare with a wrinkled shirt. I, I just don't anymore. I probably would have cared 10 years ago, but. But I don't now um, because that is not the thing that's going to make me happy and uh, make people on my deathbed say like, you know, her kids and her kids always showed up wrinkle free. No, they, they, no one cares about that. And, and really, you don't either. You don't. When you think about what it is that is most meaningful to you in your life, that is not something that you immediately think of. So like any good superhero, you're going to have to prioritize what it is that gets your attention and your energy. Even when somebody has superhuman speed, a superhero, when they have, you know, they can teleport, they can get from one end of the earth to the other end of the earth in three seconds, like, sure, their abilities are infinitely higher than what ours are but they still can't be helping every person in in the same moment at the same time in the world they still have to choose they still have to triage what's happening they still have to say this this person needs more help than this person and if the superhero stops to think not only about who is in the most need but who they can help the most effectively. If somebody can 
teleport and they can teleport other people. That is a strength that they have, right? Then they might be best suited for getting people out of war zones and and teleporting people out of war zones. They might not be best suited to help people build their homes. You know, they might be able to teleport, but they might not be able to, they don't have superhuman strength, right? Every superhero has, doesn't have every power in the world. So they have to know what their strengths are. And if they play to those strengths and do the things that they are strongest at first, they're going to be more effective. If Superwoman is having this, again, like if the superhero is trying to build a house, now they're not able to to teleport and, and help people move out of war zones more quickly and save more people. So they are better off working in a war zone than maybe um, working somewhere after like a disaster flood has occurred or something. So they have to know themselves and you have to know yourself too. That's how we become superwoman, I promise. Some of the other pitfalls that ChatGTP told me about as far as superwoman goes are difficulty adjusting to sudden power uh, gaining, they say, it says gaining extraordinary abilities without training or preparation can be overwhelming. And same for us. If you recently have gained a new insight or a new skill and now you want to just go hard and do that thing and you don't pay attention to your limitations, you're going to have a really hard time adjusting. Our our bodies don't like to... Um, Peter Levine's definition of trauma is when something happens too much too fast and I think the too fast part is really really important because most of us do move really fast which then leads to this kind of burnout and depression and being in bed for three days because we moved so fast we drained our resources drained our energy and now we have nothing left to give so there's this difficulty adjusting to sudden power and also Chat GDP mentions potential isolation due to unique gifts. Okay, so if you are the type of person that wants to go really, really hard once you get this burst of energy, and now you kind of expect everyone around you to follow suit, but they are nowhere near like where you're at or or in that same headspace as you. And so it becomes this this like this fight and this disconnect between you and your partner or whoever's around you your kids your family your friends so it becomes really isolating and and that is what we are trying to resolve here we're trying to bring you in and help you connect get closer to the people around you rather than the things that are are constantly pulling you apart and lastly, ChatGP mentions a misuse of power based on good intentions. And so I talked a little bit about this earlier, but this is kind of that idea of you might have the best of intentions with the things that you want to get done. And that's when you go into that superwoman mode of I got to get everything done all at once. But if you're pushing people away while that's happening, well, now there's resentment and issues within your relationships. Which also means that when you inevitably do crash or have this flare up or have these moments of depression, the people around you might not even want to be there because they still they they now have their own resentment to work through. This doesn't always happen. And 
but this is something that does happen and it's worth talking about. So if you want to avoid this resentment from happening, whether it's your own resentment at other people or other people's resentment towards you, I would really encourage you to focus on what you're already good at and do more of that and more of that and more of that and more of that. Again, this helps you build strength and resilience to be able to do the things you're not as good at. And it gives you clarity for what things you can delegate. So either way, focusing on your strengths, which research has backed over and over and over again, is better than focusing on the things that you are not good at or that you can't do. This doesn't mean we never try to improve things that we aren't good at or that we never engage with them and we just say, well, that's not a strength, so I'm not going to do it. But again, like we have to build up our energy reserves to be able to do the harder things in our life and doing the things that come easy and naturally to us give us this energy that allows us to then do those harder things. So it's a win-win all around, but it does take some shifting of expectations and allowing yourself to feel differently than what you usually feel in order to get there. So I will have a PDF for you all to kind of recap this episode, give you some reflective questions to think about and to use in your daily life. So if you want to see that, just go to my bio and you can find the link there.